Hey, Zach. Hey, Brent. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, we, we already said we're taking a little bit of a break, but, you know, us being overachievers, we wanted to do something on our break because what's a break without work in the middle of it? Exactly. Right? Right? Exactly. No, terrible. But hey, Brent, one of the cool things, though, is that the work that we've done is all done yeah. in the past. So oh! we are bringing this from the past into your future for your yes. ear holes only. Well, no, that's not, not right. only yours. Everybody's. Well, yours and others, but yours, very importantly, yes. yours. Yeah. Um, and also, keeping with this ridiculous theme that we're just deciding to do right now, uh, not only is what we're doing right now in the past of the pre- of you all listeners that are listening to it right now, um, like well in the past, but the thing that we're gonna dra- we're gonna drag out right now is even further in the past. True story. Uh huh. Uh huh. And best of all, well, this would be good if it was actually what we were doing a rewatch of 1969. That would bring it all together. But we're not. We're Ooh. not. But. We are going to let drop the very first episode of our Stargate Second Chances episode where we review or we watched um, A Matter of Time again, gave it new ratings and Indeed. kind of briefly talked about it in the context of the information that I have since learned since when that episode, since we first did that episode. Yes. So, so um, yeah, I don't want to spoil Go ahead. it. But if you yeah. keep listening to what we're talking about right now, you will hear Brent's new thoughts. <laughs> uh, and mine. Wow. Uh, you know, there was a thought that crossed my mind. It was like, because after all, it's all about me. No, 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 it's not. It's totally not, especially not anymore. It's more about you guys than anything. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Um, uh, we're going to be back again uh, next week and uh, after having a nice little respite and um, hope you enjoy this. If you want to hear more of it, that was the whole reason we were doing this, Zach. It was oh, yeah. to tease people. It's to be like, if you want to hear more of this stuff, <laughs> including the one that we just did uh, about um, Thor's uh, Chariot. Thor's Chariot. Thank you. Chariot. Thor's Chariot. You got it. Um, then uh, jump on Patreon. All you got to do is just give a just 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 give just 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 give some just give some coin, and uh, you can listen to this and uh, Beyond the Gate with Zach and David. Uh, that's the other a side of the thing. Gate. I don't listen to it. The other side of the gate. Thank you. The, I don't listen to it because it's all spoilerific. But I'm super glad that they're doing it. Um, yeah, and you can get your votes in to do the rewatches if you like this one. Anyway, it's good stuff. Patreon.com slash Walking Through the Stargate. But yeah, okay. Absolutely. There's the there's the pitch. All right. So, without further ado. There you go. I'm going to need an Advil. Maybe a second chance. Hey! Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this is Stargate Second Chances, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. This is for our Patreon listeners. Welcome to this first Stargate Second Chances podcast. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Truth be told for all you listeners out there, I'm looking at my iPad right now, and I have no show notes in front of me. Nope, Um, neither do I. And Brent doesn't (laughs) either. So... This will be an interesting experience uh, as we delve into talking about uh, 
uh, a matter of time, and it will only be just a matter of time before we start actually talking about the episode. Yeah, uh, it's another time joke. Just like Sorry. in the episode, there was so well, not jokes, but there okay. were so many flipping references all over the place. All right. Doing. In any case, yeah. So Brent, yeah. Um, we uh, for the Patreons, uh, they voted, and they voted that we rewatch. Uh, this episode, a matter of time, mm-hmm. um, and so we did. Or at least I did. I assume you did too. Me too. Yes. Okay. And um, rather than digging into all of the stuff that we normally would do, uh, you know, we're just going to jump into things here. Oh yeah. Um, no, totally. So give me a uh, real quick brief synopsis of this episode. So this is the one where uh, I can't remember which SG team goes out to a planet. It's their first one. It's handpicked, uh, handpicked dude that uh, that uh, O'Neill picked, and off they're going. And it opens up with them like real slow, like oh no. Well, what happened is that uh, one of the stars had collapsed into a black hole, and the planet was too close to the proximity of that black hole, and thus they were being affected by the time dilation that happens around extreme gravity gravitational elements like a black hole and our uh, intrepid heroes uh, connect uh, their stargate to uh, that one planet in an effort to save the stranded team but they've learned they can't shut the uh, shut the gate down they tried many different ways can't shut it down it's drawing its power from the black hole they come up with a few cockamamie ideas as to what they could do to to resolve the situation, including blowing the thing up. But that won't work because it's going to suck all the planet into their into the black hole eventually. And uh, through a interesting way of uh, showing two different timelines, basically, uh, you got the timeline in the base, and you got the timeline out of the base. There's this problem resolution that happens, and uh, through the use of high explosives, our team saves the day thus ensuring that Earth can survive yet again uh, in order to face the imminent threat of the Gould. Uh, yeah, that's largely right. it. All right. So um, when you watched it uh, this time, you now have mm-hmm. uh, the benefit of having... Well, this is a second season episode, right? So you have yep. three new seasons on top of this uh, that this had built, you know, was the foundation uh-huh. of. So, what yep. did you think on the second rewatch? So, there were a couple of things that were like superficial, which I imagine is common across folks when they start watching old seasons of their favorite show. Or maybe better said is that if they're flipping the channels on the television and they come across uh, Stargate, uh, one of the earlier seasons, they're like, oh, this is the one where Carter's still a captain. Aw, she hasn't been promoted yet. <laughs> and look at the long hair on Jackson. Holy cow. And, you oh know, so, goodness, you, yeah, right. Yeah, you, you you do all those little little silly things. And, you know, man, look how young everybody looks. Oh, my goodness. But then there was a couple. I of was sort thinking of like, the exact same thing. Yeah. And like, you know, like, like, um, uh. Don Davis for like in particular. Oh, also the intro. I like missed the old intro. Like I, I don't like the uh, slowly panning camera over the sarcophagus mask anywhere near as much as that yeah. that intro that they uh, had. In I, the first I will give you a little uh, teaser that yeah. I think it's starting in season six when they move over to sci-fi that they start doing um, 
uh, intros similar to what they did in that first couple of seasons. Gotcha. All right, um, good. But they didn't. Yeah. My understanding is that they didn't have enough money to continue to make new ones of those early on, uh, and so after a couple of seasons, all of those pictures got really, really old. Yes. And like we can't use those pictures anymore, and so they went with the the more stock uh, Pharaoh one, uh, and then when they moved to uh, uh, sci-fi, they were able to do that then. So they, gotta, they jazz it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No. So there you go. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I forgot about the, like, you know, <laughs> Richard Dean Anderson turning towards the camera and a slow zoom into his eye, which then turns into the, to the whoosh. You know, oh, yeah. it was great. Yeah. It was great. Anyway. So yeah. So the, as far as like meat and potato stuff is concerned, like this rewatch, um, there was a line that Carter said about midway through the episode, which I think would have stopped old me from kind of ragging so hard about the technicalities. Um, I remember that I, 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 I'm going into this blind. Um, I did not revisit our episode or my notes. I kind of wanted to sort of start with a bit of a clean slate as much as possible. But I do remember that I was really annoyed with how the show was screwing up um, questions of relativity. And they were getting many things right, but a few things wrong. And those few things wrong were really kind of like grinding my gears. And I think I remember that I was kind of hanging my hat on the notion that if you're going to, if you're going to tell a story with a hard sci-fi element included in it, because they were really, Carter was working hard at laying down like legit scientific theory as to what should be happening in that situation. Right. Then having those types of errors are really frustrating. Uh, I get it. Not everybody is like adverse, you know, is versed into this stuff, but whatever. I was noticing it and I was kind of kind of getting annoyed. Carter made a throwaway, not even a throwaway line, but I didn't catch it uh, until this rewatch in the middle. She's standing in front of the whiteboard with a bunch of formulas. Teal'c walks into the tent and says, what's all this? And she's like, uh, you know, this is this is. Uh, do you know anything about quantum gravity? Which is (laughs) I'm surprised that I didn't catch that line because quantum gravity is like that's string theory that's that's the um that's the that's the universal principle that physicists are trying to have been trying to work for towards for decades now right the the unifying theory between general relativity and uh quantum mechanics and um do you know anything about quantum gravity like that when i heard that line i'm like oh wait a minute and then she said something like um, everything that I thought or something to the tune of that, everything she thought she knew about um, relativity is being proven wrong in this moment. And, right. yep. and I was like, oh, son of a gun. I wish I had listened better when I was back then, when I watched <laughs> this thing, because right there she was basically saying, yeah, there's stuff in this thing. that just doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I'm like, well, okay. All right. I'm not, now, now all those technical quibbles, I'm willing to just kind of like, push away because even she is saying parts of this aren't working like parts it should be x and we're experiencing y this doesn't make any sense um so that was cool Uh that you know that 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 boosted the uh the episode a little bit um but i don't remember if you and I, i got a feeling you and i were not too keen on the story between um uh, Cromwell and O'Neill. Right. Yep. And uh, Stargate sure has not done anything with that. Um, O'Neill was an Iraqi prisoner of war story. I don't think at all since this episode. 
Mm, um, I would agree with that. I don't think they have. I don't think they've touched it. And uh, that's not to say that they won't, but up until this point, like for all intents and purposes, that's been a throwaway line or yeah, it's been a throwaway line. Um, yeah, there was a little dialogue, but it was literally that one line that O'Neill shouts about being, you know, captured by the Iraqi army. Army. Now that- we do hear in uh, actually, it's referenced in this episode, uh, but uh, in uh, uh, Solitudes, Solitudes. That's the one when they find the Beta Gate and they're stuck yeah. in Antarctica, and. Uh, uh, O'Neill is talking about his broken bones and whatnot, and he talks about various mm-hmm. skull fractures and other things. Oh, yeah. And and so some of that is talking about how he was captured in, um, That's you right. know, Iraq That's right. and, and doing... So so there... Now, that was before this episode aired. Yeah, but just before. Um, yeah, because this was, what, middle of the second season? That was the end of the first season or so. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, just to add a little bit of flavor to his backstory, it really hasn't been touched. Mm-mm. No, and also the and there does seem to be some opportunity to do some work there. But you know, the 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 character that's brought in as exposition for that relationship is then <laughs> is then tossed into the toilet in an act of <laughs> sacrifice, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. like he's there and then he's gone. I mean, he's this tough, like, quasi-Texan who turns into a quasi-not-Texan anymore and then turn, you know, and then it doesn't matter. He just... Yeah. He, he, he drops in order to, you know, save the mission type of thing, which is believable enough, but, like, it was just peculiar. It was just... I don't know. So, so how many times have you seen this episode? Like seven thousand or? Oh, it, it's probably closer to five thousand than seven thousand. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, don't don't yeah. don't go too crazy with me. Brent. Don't no, not too crazy. But um, it, was there anything about this particular watching that like did so, anything? <laughs> so you know, uh, I th- there was something in this episode when I saw Carter. I'm like, she looks especially young here. And, yes, she and, did. Um, and I don't know, and you know, between this and where we're currently watching is only three years. Um, so it shouldn't be that big a deal. Um, and I don't know, maybe they were just lighting her differently. Her hair's a little bit different and such. She's a captain. That's gotta be what it is. Right. I have no idea. Uh, and of course, when we finally see Jackson at the end and we see that long hair, I'm like, whoa, I was certainly startled by that again this time around. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh I'm so glad they got rid of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was definitely the style of the time, but well, know. and and it yeah. was necessary because that was you know when when Jackson in the movie had that basic style of haircut, right. and right, so right, right. when they started the show, they needed to have him with that. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm just glad after a couple of seasons that they were able to to move on from that. Um. I this episode is just it's there it's it's just right there it doesn't uh I, I mean I appreciate it because it introduces the the planet with the black hole which yep. uh we have v- revisited at least once now if not a couple of times um it also introduces major davis 
It also introduces Major Davis, which is nice. Yep. Uh, this is like the first time you watch this episode, and you're like, oh, here's a new character from the Pentagon. Is he going to be a good guy or a bad guy? Uh, right. Most of the guys from not in the SGC are bad guys. But it turns out that Major <laughs> yes. Davis is, you know, so far we've seen he's been a pretty good guy. Yes. Um, and um, now I'm blanking on the actor's name, but he does a good job with that character. Yes, he does. Yes. Colin Cunningham, I think. I think. Yeah, I, good yeah, you're probably right. I have absolutely no idea. Yep. Um, you know, here again, I watch this episode and I see the Cromwell character and I find that whole aspect of the story to be absolutely and completely useless. It mm. there, you know, to have a guy breaking, you know, the, the, the colonel who goes in there expecting alien incursions in this situation, that I buy. I have no problem with that. Yep. The fact that... Um, he and O'Neill have a past. I guess I don't really have a problem with it. It's not necessary, but I don't have a problem with it. Um, the fact that they were antagonistic in their past. They used to be friends, and now they're not. Uh, the reason they're not, because O'Neill saw him run away w- when he went down. Um, I don't know. That, that doesn't strike me quite right for the O'Neill character. Um you know, to be pissed off, but right. to hold that grudge for so yeah. long. He yeah, has, yeah. he, he's been around. He knows what it means to have to leave somebody behind. Um, and it's not like this episode teaches him that. Right. Um, you know, once he realizes that, uh, uh, Hank's, uh, goose is cooked, um, you know, then, you know, it's not like he's leaving him behind, but he's like, there's nothing, we're done. We can't do anything about it. Um, and of course, he's certainly done lots of things to go and try to find a new character or new new guy, a guy who has been captured. But uh, there are times when you don't do that right now. Right. Um, and so this whole thing, it just strikes me as drama for the sake of drama that doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a, it's know. a conversation that happens on screen for what a minute, two minutes tops. Yeah, right. And it doesn't it, it it doesn't meaningfully advance the story. That's for sure, at all. Right. And it turns out it absolutely doesn't advance O'Neill, barely, if any, or uh-huh. not at all. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not sure that leaving O'Neill behind, uh, in that situation is even remotely like leaving Hank behind on the the oh gosh the black hole planet. I don't right. think I don't find those things the same at all. Uh, it is a completely different situation. Uh, of course, O'Neill says that, uh, right. but Cromwell says, no, it's exactly the same, and that's where it ends. Uh, right. So that whole thing, uh, you could have saved yourself three minutes of screen time by not having that. You didn't need it. Um, you know, you so could if have... You, yeah. If you were given three minutes back, what part of the story would you want to see bolstered? So, so what I would want to see... Is I mean actually I wouldn't I wouldn't give it to I would probably rewrite that whole section and redo it um, because well you have a couple of choices if Cromwell is going to die at the end mm-hmm. and he's going to do this self sacrifice thing um, then we need something to make that self sacrifice emotionally valid because you know him just falling in there you know like oh that's too bad and then we move on. Right. Um, so we need something there. Um, what I would, you know, 
what might have been more interesting is is to uh you know have Cromwell be the guy who goes back and tries to save O'Neill and can't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um or maybe even does you know relatively speaking four months I don't know I don't know something like that um you know if they're gonna have a history um you know. M- Maybe maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's O'Neill who tries to uh, save and maybe is successful at saving uh, Cromwell, but in the right. process gets captured himself. Right. You know, uh, and so then you have a situation where uh, Cromwell sacrifices himself then to save his buddy. I don't know. I think I can see where the writer writers were oh yeah it was uh i saw uh t t uh vor t t vor t vor valensis no t- tor 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 v Val- tor valensis that's that's who tor alexander, tor alexander, tor alexander. that's who oh my gosh i got there it took a while anyway <laughs> there was a bunch of names there in the credits where i was like hey it's that person again um but anyway, I think I could see where the writers were going after it, but unfortunately, they didn't allow it to marinate properly. I don't think um, it. What they what they what they went for was was dramatic tension in that countdown room, which had all the tension in the world. They didn't need to add more to it, mm-hmm. and uh, and they needed Cromwell's uh, sacrifice in the toilet bowl to mean something. But unfortunately, they swung and missed on both of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like that. That yeah. Cromwell uh, lets go and gets sucked into the uh, into the um, into the wormhole is is very. It, it's meaningless, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, in part because we didn't establish his humanity fast enough. Right, he came in barking orders at the front end. Acting like a jerk in the middle, acting like a bit of a pensive jerk towards the end, and then makes an absolute statement, which is then not resolved, as in the situation of leaving uh, folks on a planet is exactly the same as leaving a wounded soldier who you thought was dead, right? That was something that he said that was pretty important, I thought. Like, from his point of view, O'Neill died, and therefore they were getting out. Yeah. Um still right or wrong i'm not much of a i don't know enough about military code of honor to actually make a comment about that one in particular but i can see the logic behind the notion of uh you know we're more people are going to get wounded or die if we go fetch that dead body let's boogie out of here and maybe come back for it later something you know like there's something about that that makes a bit of sense but what ends up happening is that we just have these two uh rivals scooting down ropes trying to get a thing done um you know, O'Neill being our hero. So when the glass breaks, you know, he shouts, look out and are you okay? And let's get the job done type of a thing. But when the rope snaps and Cromwell is hanging onto O'Neill and, you know, we're all thinking it like, you know, the, the Cromwell normally is 200 pounds and with that G force, he's probably feeling like 500 and there's no way O'Neill's going to pull him everybody up. So, you know, like what's going to happen. So, that Cromwell lets go is very logical. Like it's, it's like, great, that makes sense. However, there was no emotional aspect to that. However, 
bringing it back, if that scene was rewritten in the control room, and instead of it being just a shouting match at each other, if there was a little bit of contriteness on both sides, like O'Neill expressing a little bit of understanding as to why it happened, but it still hurts. Like, it's still okay that you feel like you were abandoned. And to have Cromwell... Um, have a bit of wounded pride, but still a little bit of pride. Like I made the best call I could, but to have it very clearly written on his face that he regrets that that was the call that was made, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to change the past. You don't have to make a different decision, but you can still not exactly enjoy what happened, right? Now you've got these two in a bit more of a human dynamic so that when the rope breaks and Cromwell's hanging on, now I, as the viewer can sit here and go, oh no, I hope Cromwell doesn't go into the toilet. And then when he does, I'm like, ah, no. As opposed to what I said, what what happened now, it's just like, oh, yeah, dead weight. I mean, bummer, but yeah, all right, there he went. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that they if if all they had to do that scene was as much time as they did. Yeah. Then then they should have taken the hostility out altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had two buddies getting back together again. Hey, gosh, you! I haven't seen you right. for ten years. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but if you're going to have the hostility, then they needed at least a couple more minutes to just chew on that and let that marinate and let that find uh, some sense of progression before the end of sa- end sacrifice is made. Yep. Um, and there really wasn't that progression and that's where it failed. Yep. I think that's, that's my thoughts on those. Um, I think you're right. So as a result, that B story just kind of didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I will say that when I watch this episode again, uh, and, and I have for a while, you know, I really like the way that, uh, uh, Carter is able to, uh, think outside of the box, which is a little bit, uh, uh, on the nose there, you know, she always gets to think just far enough outside the box to get the problem solved. But, um, but the solution that she comes up with is, uh, precisely what happened in solitudes, you know? So like she's drawing upon her own lived experience. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, at the very beginning, when when she's like, "Oh, what's this sound? It's it's like intermittent low frequency RF pulses." Well, let's just ramp it up because surely right. that's what you're supposed to do. You're like, "Really? That that's that's what you would think to do?" Right. Um, I mean, maybe, but you know, okay. So the plot goes on, but at the end, when we have the lived experience of, "Hey, wait a second, we are trapped, stuck to this wormhole," but if we can charge it up we can get that wormhole to jump somewhere else and then we're okay um so that solution um i actually really appreciate um in this episode you bring up a good point regarding carter uh as i was watching it again i kept kind of sort of turning up my nose to how it was just it just kept getting bonked over the head like She's the smart one. She's the smart one. She's the smart one. She's the smart one. And it just was bonk, 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 bonk. And now in the story, um, Carter's the smart one. And we don't need to have it bonk, bonked on our head so much. Right. Um, And so therefore, there's a rhythm and there's a flow to 
how she steps up to a problem and resolves it. And and now that we are seasoned watchers of her solution process, we're like, you know, you know, we we're watching heroic Carter do heroic things any lo- anymore, and it's fantastic. And anytime right. that something in the story kind of gets in that way, it better be a good reason, or else I'm going to be like, you know, what the heck? I mean, you've got you've got this you got this heroic character here. Just let her do her thing. In this episode, it she just kept kind of running up like, you know, well, wait a minute. What about this? And no, no, we got, we got, we got other people working on it. We got top men working on it. And, uh, in the middle of season two though, I mean, for crying out loud, we've had ample evidence about how, uh, extraordinary she is as far as her capacity to understand a problem in a short amount of time and come up with a solution to it. Like, um, yeah. Why is this story reverting her? back to having to prove herself again like that that one so i was actually thinking about that here uh as you were talking Mm -hmm. um and i think what we're seeing here is that even in season two uh they were still working on all of these characters and that they they hadn't quite uh nailed down you know the plane hadn't quite landed on the runway yet um for all of these characters. And so you see this issue with O'Neill that doesn't quite fit nicely. Right. Um, and then uh, you have the, the bonk bonk. Hey, you know, Carter's a smart one. Bonk bonk. Um, which is something that by the, the fifth season, we don't have to go bonk bonk because we all know that she's the smart one. Right. And uh, she'll come up with something. Um, and it's those times when... Everybody looks to Carter and like, okay, what's the plan? And she's like, I got nothing that right. that we delve into now. Um, so I think I think that's part of what we're seeing there. Um, so which that makes sense. And also, like Jackson had no screen time, and Teal'c was being stoic. But even right. still, like like there was um, there was there was a lack of chemistry. It was very intriguing. Like it wasn't bad, but these character these actors playing the characters didn't quite hit that synergy point yet yeah um and it's evident and it's okay but you know it was good for season two. Oh yeah um and you know and if and i think i think that if we had seen our season five characters acting and responding like this we would be like Huh. Interesting. Clearly, clearly they have been. Uh, clearly, their bodies are now taken. Have been taken hostage. Yeah. Um. <laughs> There's <laughs> entities inside their brains, causing them to act almost normal, but not quite. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I mean, if 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 ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. That's the phrase. Um, it would be really fun if, like, season five actors just basically redid this story right like Mm. just 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 do the whole thing all over again and um maybe uh maybe maybe put in a couple of the seasoned uh story writers in there to kind of to tweak it up and work it up a little bit and maybe throw in a seasoned director to kind of really kind of get the thing humming it would be really intriguing to see what they would have done with the exact same literally the same script but a few years later yeah so the the script was written i think by brad wright co-creator yeah, well, and it was you know. directed by Martin Wood. 
They haven't, so, done, but they they haven't gotten. Which I was wondering. I saw Siler with his giant wrench, and I was wondering if there was Martin Wood walking around with a giant wrench. I didn't. didn't so I was look. looking around. I didn't see for sure clearly whether <laughs> Martin Wood was there. Wouldn't surprise me if he was, but I didn't see. I'm right sure. Either. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, but yeah, it was fun um, to watch this one again. Yeah. So, uh, one of our Patreon listeners, uh, Austin. Uh, was the one who voted for this primarily, and he did give us a response to my mm, query mm-hmm. on what we talk about. Um, he says, uh, "You asked for something to hang your hat on, and it's a it's the sense of impending doom that Cheyenne Mountain and the Earth are going to be swallowed up into a black hole, which mm-hmm. is there." Uh, the B story with that guy who knew Jack O'Neill and had to sacrifice himself—that's silly. Uh, what a yeah. throwaway character and not really important. And I think you're absolutely right, Austin. It's yeah. not really that important of character. Nope. Um, and he says, for some reason, this episode stuck in his head as it dealt with the physics of gravity and time dilation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that's kind of interesting. Um, and those are things that that play a role in uh, future episodes. You know, we've seen it oh, yeah. already once, mm-hmm. uh, at least once. And without spoiling really anything too much um you know these these questions of time dilation of uh uh gravity and and that wormhole planet or the the black hole planet um you know th- those issues pop back up every once in a while yeah um so yeah no it was and again like the hardcore science of it was shaky and uh I'm probably putting too much weight in that one scene where Carter is baffled, but, and, and I'd, I've never heard anybody call it quantum gravity before ever. Um, however, I'm choosing to interpret that line as talking about string theory and, and her next phrase of, you know, basically like I should, you know, I should know what's going on based off of math, but nothing is lining up like that to me was enough of a square that all the goofy stuff that you're seeing and all the weird, like technological things that like, wait a minute, how is this happening? This shouldn't work exactly like that. Um, I'm willing to set a set it aside. I'm willing to kind of be like, look, Stargate magic. All right. Like there's something about (laughs) how gravity is propagating through the wormhole back into the SGC through the Stargate technology, which is making it act a little weird Um, that it's not acting like if there was a black hole on the other side. And again, we're also ignoring the reality that that black holes don't work like that. They're not giant vacuum cleaners in space. If something was in a stable orbit around the star before it went to a black hole, it would remain in a stable orbit. But for the reality that to make a black hole, you got to there's lots of booms that go on. The planet wouldn't survive. But that's beside the point. Like it's it it wouldn't suddenly spiral in. Um, But whatever, whatever, whatever. Maybe maybe the Stargate magic is that the planet is getting sucked in because of Stargate magic. Right. Like maybe if there wasn't a gate on this planet, everything would be fine. Um, Who knows? Uh, at least I don't at this point, even five seasons later. But um, but yeah, like it, it, it's fun to go that nerdy with this stuff. It's fun to write a story based off of cutting edge scientific understanding. It's just now you're working on you're working on thin ice. Right. Um, you know, you got to you got to either nail it and still make it um, compelling or you got to cut corners. But now you're a little less into the hard science fiction and more into the science fantasy aspect. So, you know. Yep. All right. So, Brent. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, one of the things that we promised our listeners uh, in this rewatch is yeah. that we would give it a renewed or revised yeah. Chevron rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I have information from our first uh, review of this episode when we talked about it back in uh, 2019 in June. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't look at this. Uh, Julie uh, was very kind enough to listen to our previous comments and write some bullet points, and so we'll get nice. to that in a little bit. Okay. Um, but after having rewatched it now, yes, how many chevrons would you give it? B story is trash. The B story is just they didn't do a good job with the B story at all, and now we're left with the A story. And if I hadn't caught that line in the tent. I would probably be where I was back whenever, back in the summer of 2019, where I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, this is kind of silly. Um, it was action-packed, but it didn't feel very, um, I don't know, it, it, it had a bunch of action in it, but it just didn't quite feel like it anchored much new story. Um, but we did have that line in the tent. So I am willing to overlook an awful lot of some weird, goofy technicality stuff because of that line that Carter says that basically is like, nothing's working as it should. Okay. That makes me feel a lot better. Okay. Uh, B story again is still trash. Uh, I am gonna get, it's fun to watch these kids, you know, these, these guys be kids. Um, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it four out of seven it was between four or five but i didn't have that much fun (laughs) i had fun but i didn't have that much fun so uh so i'm giving it four out of seven give it a four all right how about you um you know when the when the when it's all said and done i don't care about this episode sure i mean i'm not gonna skip it as i watch watch through the whole series um, and you can't because you do need the. <laughs> oh what? yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're not going to skip it because you're a completionist. But well, yes, but, right. But you can't because there are actually some things that are introduced here. Uh, you know the 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 wormhole planet um, is really important for future events. So you do have to watch the episode. But yeah, you know, like I said, we've talked about the B B story is absolute trash. You know. I'm going to give it a middling, right down the middle, just just bullet straight down the middle with a three and a half. There you go. Um, so. Yeah, I forgot that this was the planet that we hooked the Stargate up to before we send the Stargate into the star to blow up the star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was this planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, your, uh, here's the quote. That you said in that first episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. That uh, sums up your perspective of this episode. Okay. You said, the episode's lame. Blah. <laughs> Two chevrons. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, it didn't delicious. match your litmus test on three points. You weren't having fun. It wasn't saying anything important. And it was unskippable. Well, you know, in your you know, it was skippable. Yes. Um, uh, the science was all wrong. It was yep. boring with bad writing that doesn't make sense. Blah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I can see that past Brent. Um, so yeah, yeah. So you, uh, I mean, the writing was a little bit weird. Like I was 
I'm choosing to describe it as why do we have to keep establishing that Carter is the smart one? Like, you know, it was, yeah. But no, I had a better time with it this time. That's for sure. Oh, that's good. And and so here are some some notes about me. Um, yeah. I, I was always more worried about the story than the science because uh, you were really mm-hmm. concerned about the science there. And I'm like, eh, I don't know enough about science to care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did say, you know, there are several plot holes, cavalier attitude towards alien incursion. Uh, the relationship oh, between right. Jack and Cromwell is absolutely a trash. Yes. Cromwell was two-dimensional. I don't even... Honestly, I'm, I'm not even convinced he was two-dimensional. He may have only been <laughs> one-dimensional. <laughs> he was a point. <laughs> <laughs> he was a line. <laughs> Yeah. Um, things I did like about it, uh, and I mentioned this actually today, the use of uh, forcing the wormhole to jump gates. Um, uh, I said, I don't have a problem letting it play in the background three chevrons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem letting it play in the background. <laughs> and uh, so our consensus quote for this episode is, yeah. not as bad as emancipation, but still a failing grade. <laughs> oh yeah. So yep. no, I'm, um, I'm definitely happy with giving it a passing grade now. Yeah, but it really hinged on that one line. Yeah, sure. And you know, and that's one of the things that uh, one of the advantages about a show like this and watching it multiple times mm-hmm. is that uh, you know, inevitably, anytime you rewatch something. Uh, if you're actually paying attention to it the second time around, you will pick up things that you missed the first time. Yes. Um, and usually those things you pick up are little bits that uh, help uh, expand the story and uh, make make the the jumps in the plot uh, of the story uh, clearer. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you found that and that did that, then, uh, I mean... It doubled your Chevron rating. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Rocketed from yeah. two to four. Holy cow. Yep. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. Brent, mm-hmm. uh, I think that we just finished our first episode of Stargate Second Chances, a walking hey! through Stargate podcast. That's right. Yeah. Well so, done. Uh, uh, that was fun. Uh, so, keep a... Uh, Patreon listeners, uh, as you listen to this, keep on sending in your um, your votes. Yes. Um, I'm going to look at some of you and say not all of you send in your votes every month. I'm oh, not always very ooh. good about getting those things in a timely manner, but I usually am there. I, 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 can, I send those emails out. So go ahead and, and send them back and give your votes in there. Um, yeah, because yeah, the yeah. more you use the most... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, I sound like that uh, that one guy, the fish dude from uh, yeah. Fire and Water. <laughs> oh, oh there nice. You go. So, in any case, um, <sighs> if you have any questions or comments or thoughts, you can always email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, find us on Twitter and uh, Facebook. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and Patreon, uh, share this with your about. friends. I mean, not, yeah. not, not, I mean, you know, share the the walking through the Stargate world with when, your friends. When the thing when the thing posts on the main feed, go ahead and share it. Share it oh, far and wide. There you go. There it's you go. Totally. Fun. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. No, I'm really looking forward to this. Like, uh, like uh, now that we've finished talking about this one, I'm there's a part of me that you know there's a big part of me that's like. I don't have time for this, but, but on the other hand, <laughs> yeah. like, wa- like rewatching these episodes and talking about it again, 
is probably going to be just as much fun as watching it the first time and talking about it. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if we can keep doing this. I don't think that a third watching <laughs> of a matter of time is going to do anything for me. However, um, the, the, second, the second watching, this is a lot of fun. I yeah. really enjoyed this. And we do have uh, one more in the pipeline. Yes. Um, and I want to yes, say it's do. Thor's Chariot. Thor's um, Chariot. And uh, so we'll be tackling that sometime uh, next month, probably. Um, yeah. and go from yep. there. So, uh, yeah. Perfection. Um, so with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Stargate Second Chances, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. See you next time. Bye. Bye.